Skunk it. That's professional this time. Super professional, which is unusual for me. <laughs> Usually you're the professional one and I kinda just come in wing it a little bit. Oh, do you know what I don't have I don't have my written description. Mm. A written description of what the show? Yeah. Oh, are we really doing this? Uh, <sighs> Danny's gone away. He's left me like he always leaves me. This reminds me of that time way back in the desert when we were low on water and Danny found a canteen in the sand and he didn't tell me and he drank it all to himself but the joke was on him because it was filled with rum and then he was really dehydrated she's back <laughs> but I was just keeping people busy keeping people interested uh, are you going to include this? maybe who knows <laughs> what's going on everybody? hi everybody welcome to another second opinion movie podcast live from are you introducing the podcast? A new location. I don't know, I'm just winging it. Live is, from a new location. Is it a new location? It is a new location. It's a new location for us, and for you, and for me. Well, it's not for you. This is a location you've been in a this number is, of times. This is the fourth episode I've done in this place. So this could technically be the... Not the foreword. What's the bit after the book's done? The epilogue. The epilogue. This yeah. is the epilogue to the Scott Free trilogy. Yeah. He's back. He's back. And we're in your flat, your new flat. My new flat. It's a time. nice flat. Thank you very I like much. it a lot. I was excited to come see it. Yeah. I made the exception. Normally, you know, we record at mine because it's convenient for me and I'm important. <laughs> no, we can record at mine. You're the center of your own universe. We record at mine because you're, it's, it's just there, yeah. isn't it? It's just the way we've always done it. So mm. but now we're in your nice swanky flat. I Well, we were in your flat last time for the first time. So was nice. uh, it was a nice flat. So, so this is the jumping around flats. Double feature. Aye. The Grindhouse double feature on Ooh. Second Opinion. And now we're going to move into the... So into which, the big which flat's the death... No, no death proof and which flat's Planet Terror? Well, Planet Terror played first, so my flat is technically Planet Terror. Okay. Planet, Planet Terror is also... Planet Terror is the better movie. Yeah. But it's not saying much because they're both not very good. No. Planet Terror is... Planet Terror, I feel like, is more what it sh- like what it should be if that makes sense I just don't like those kind of films we, we can definitely talk about this another day but like I, I just I'm really not a fan of those kind of films that are trying to recapture those very old cheap low budget movies and the way they try to recapture it is by throwing millions of dollars Aye. at them and it's like well no just try and make it on like a few thousand. That's especially, the way you should be making aye, Especially it. Like, Robert Rodriguez, who's iconically known... Like, he's hugely yeah. known for being able to make films, like, on such a cheap budget. You ever see the opening credits for Robert Rodriguez films? It's mostly him. Yeah. Robert Rodriguez edits, writes, produces, directs, caters, does the yeah. music for. Whereas, yeah, something like Hobo for a Shotgun or Machete, things like that, just they do nothing for me. Because Machete don't I would just rather, if they're going to do that kind of thing, just throw as little money into it as possible and see what they can get away with. But instead, they're like, take 50 bajillion dollars and make it amazing. And it's like, and then they have to spend that money to make it look shitter than it actually is. And mm. I don't know. It doesn't really work for me. But we're not talking about that today. No, we're not. We're talking about the corporate overlords. Disney. Disney. What were they trying to do back in 2000? And... He's, he's checking. He's checking. He's checking. The Blu-ray's got it in his hand. He's come on. He's gonna do it. He's gonna do it. Here we go. Two thousand. Oh, it was two. It was two thousand and seven. Two thousand and seven. They made a little film, a Leo film, called Tron Legacy. Tron Legacy. And we watched that this afternoon. Yes, we did. You should introduce the show properly now. <laughs> What's up, people? Peopleton, welcome to Second Opinion Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Jones, and with me, the Legacy himself, Scott Morrison. I like how you didn't say co-host, you said legacy, I like that. Yeah? Because it, it puts us on, well, not equal ground, it makes me sound like I'm some sort of... It makes you sound like a legend of the podcasting does, world. yeah, which is the, the legacy. He's the legacy. Of the he was the one who started it. We, Actually, none like, of us would be here on this planet if it weren't for Scott Morrison. Podcasts wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Scott Morrison. <laughs> Even though he started very late in the game when podcasts were... No, they're pretty much as big as they're going to get. Do you think this bubble's going to burst? The podcast bubble? Podcast bubble. I don't think so, because I feel like... There's always something. It's like saying, oh, is the TV bubble going to burst? Like, of course it's not. There's always going to be TV. Well, like, I think 
podcast is like because like Netflix is the um, instant programming, and that feels like it may one day overtake broadcast. Yeah, but like podcasting is the Netflix to radio. Yeah, like it's it's just like almost already done it. Yeah, because not as many people listen to radio as they do sort of podcast, and it's kind of the similar yeah. vibe anyway. So. Um, yeah, I feel like I don't think podcasts are going anywhere. Yeah. Surely, in some form or the other, an audio representation of this is because it's so easy to do. Just mm-hmm. speak. We've been doing it since the wireless. So the wireless, the wireless. <laughs> Coming up next, someone <laughs> talking about something uh, in a very old timey voice with lots of fast music. Gather around your family mm-hmm. this evening for the wireless. This is the BBC. What did you look at when you were listening to the radio with your family? Apparently people used to focus their furniture on the wireless, though. Yeah, like but you like, were the TV. Yeah, but then, so you're just looking at the radio? Uh, you know, just have to stare at one another. Just getting into each other's heads while we're listening to... The Goon Show. Listening to The Goon the Show. Goon Show. Ooh. With Peter Sellers. Um, Shall I introduce the podcast premise? Yeah. Here at second. Our, yep. Oh, oh uh, nope, on you go. <laughs> Trip me up, eh? Do your thing, man. We uh, take something with a strong general consensus, whether that be good or bad, and find the imperfections or redeeming features accordingly. That's given our second alternative opinion. Tron Legacy. <clears throat> yes. Is a middle of the road film. It. I've heard. Mm, I feel like I've heard more people say bad things. Yeah. About it. But I always use it as. Like, I, I quite. I don't I don't dislike Rotten Tomatoes but I, I don't like the fact that I, I know a lot of people who aren't that crazy about movies and stuff and if something is like 60% they're like oh well it, can't, it must not be very good then or if it's 50% hmm. it can't be very if it can't be very good then can it and a lot of people will not see movies based on that premise but what I always try to convey and I use Tron Legacy as an example Tron Legacy is 51% on Rotten Tomatoes that means that half the people who saw it enjoyed it and half the people didn't. So don't bloody just take the 50% as a, we're not going to see it. That means that there's a good solid ha- half chance, Aye, a 2.5 out of 5 chance that you're going to like it. And it upsets me. Because I think pe- I think a lot of people see it as like, as like, that's just Rotten Tomatoes score for it. And so that's like a 5 out of 10 or something. Uh-huh. It's like, well no, it just means that half the people liked it. It's not. People always petition for. There's quite often if a movie gets a bad review or it gets a mega good review when people feel it shouldn't. There's always a, a, a petition to take down Rotten Tomatoes. But like, Rotten Tomatoes, as far as I'm aware, is just an algorithm. It's like it's not. It's not like the ultimate critic who decides anything. It's yeah. literally it's it's calculates yeah. by um it's what people submit to it a score. Yeah. Like that's all it does. Like it, like it's almost mental to try and shut it down because mm-hmm. you think it um, hinders anything. It's not do like Rotten Tomatoes isn't deciding like it's some sort of like um, cotton cold king who's like that shall be slaughtered yeah. and you shall become Earl of Earlington. <laughs> um, yeah. It's not anything like that. It's just an algorithm. Yeah. It's just it's just numbers adding into other numbers. Mm. I agree, and it really it really annoys me. Yeah, no, I. I know a number of people who will judge their movie decision based solely on what's mm. on Rotten Tomatoes and I'm like stop it go with your heart aye because maybe you'll find something that you actually really enjoy yeah, a Tron Legacy is one of those movies I like Tron Legacy a lot hadn't seen it in a while watching it just now I was like I don't know why I like this I thought because I even brought note. I brought a notepad and I was like I'm going to fucking lay out like everything I love about this movie I hadn't mm. seen it in about four years but I was like I just remember I love it so much I'm going to write down all these things watching it <clears throat> I was like, I feel like nothing major is coming to mind, but I'm still just having a, I'm still bloody loving watching this movie. Aye. I don't know what it is. What is it about Tron Legacy that I love so much? Is it just Jeff Bridges? Is that what it is? Is this another village situation where like, <laughs> I like the village because of William Hurt mostly, and this I just like it because of Jeff Bridges? What did you think? You'd never seen it before? I've never seen Tron Legacy before. I have seen Tron, but a very, mm. very long time yeah, I've ago. Only, I've, that's, like, I've seen Tron once. I've Again, I haven't seen Tron Legacy until now in about four years, but I I had seen it like a good ten or so times. Like I used to watch it all the time. I loved it. Okay. Um, See, I I only have very vague memories of Tron. I feel like when I started at a, when I was like a sort of um, younger teenager, when I started going, hey, I really want to watch all of these films. 
I've never seen. I want yeah. to actually become a film enthusiast and watch all these things. Tron was up there as such the one of these films that like is almost like when you start looking into films, Tron comes up. Yeah. And I watched it and I remember it being a bizarre experience. It's I don't really remember odd, yeah. if it was good or not. I just remember it being a very bizarre experience. I think it was just such a staple of like culture at the time it came out. Hmm. So you just get a sense that it's an important film, but watching it now, it's like it's just it's just tough to watch in it. Um, <laughs> it's quite a but lot then, of bad CGI. <laughs> I um, but I watched Tron Legacy yeah. and um, I enjoyed it. It was fun, did you? Oh. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Edit point. <laughs> you enjoyed it. I thought I thought it was a fun time. Good. No, I'm glad. Right. It was because um, you said it was a two-hour film when we started, and I was like. Phew. Yeah, two hours is a long time. It, fly, it flies. It flies. In. I didn't feel it. The I didn't bit feel that the time at two hours caught me the most was I forgot how long they were on that train for, because I was like, "Oh, they hit the train and then they fucking the movie ends. Hmm. Like they get to the tower and then the film ends. But then there's the whole they're on the train for a really long time. They're getting all emotional with each other and then they get attacked by people in fighter jets and I was like, "Daddy, I remember none of this. I thought the movie was going to end in like ten <laughs> minutes. Like I thought the movie was supposed to be done twenty minutes ago." But um, it's fresh in your mind. Yeah. Do you want to do your best? Just do my summary. Plot? Yeah. Um, we are um, in some sort of American city, maybe some sort of New York or something like mm. that. Some uh, sort of New York. We follow... One of the many. <laughs> many New Yorks. Um, we follow Sam Flynn, who is the child of Jeff Bridges' character, who has grown up after his dad mysteriously disappeared when he was 12 years old. He's a, a rebel now, um, and he finds out by one of his dad's old colleague that um, his dad's old pager went off in his office, oh. in his old arcade, and he goes to figure out if he can find out what's happening there. He gets sucked into the game Tron, yeah. which takes him to a Matrix grid computer world where he finds his father and a whole lot of other things going on craziness ensues yeah hilarity Can shenanigans a little bit of skullduggery for the appreciators yeah. of skullduggery um and once he finds them they have to both try and escape they're trying to escape Tron, log Tron legacy but bloody clue is hot on their trail clue who is a clone of jeff bridges like a digital ai clone of jeff bridges um, who is the bad guy of this mm -hmm. piece. So Jeff Bridges is playing the good guy and the bad guy. It's pretty good. Um, I guess the first thing that comes to mind with this film is like, because they put it right up there front and centre for you to enjoy, is the prominent inclusion of CGI Jeff Bridges. Yes. So I guess this is not, not it wasn't the first time they'd done it by any stretch of the imagination, but I feel like this is one of the first times where they had it for a large majority of a film. Yeah. Like he's in about, he's in a good solid 70% of the movie. I mean, he's the main villain, so he's in it. He's, ah, in it he's the main, he's like the, like the protagonist's yeah. dad and the main villain. Yeah. So he's, Jeff Bridges is in this a lot. But it's that, it's that initial reveal in the bedroom. They're having a conversation. And he gets up and the kid's like oh we're gonna play this game we're gonna be on the same team and he turns around and it's just that like oh <laughs> this is what we're dealing with it feels weird it's almost like he turns around and it takes his uh, face a millisecond to keep up yeah it's really but it's like they do it as a reveal yeah like a big reveal it's like oh we yeah we got but I guess it's for, the, for the time it was something a bit more yeah. revolutionary in 2000 whenever <laughs> um, I guess but it's not it's not smooth necessarily like it's always noticeable that hmm. it's a computer i got used to it though they i think you get used to it because it's in a video game yeah and so because everything else is all crazy green screen and cgi you just accept him as even though obviously nobody else in the computer world looks like that you kind of just accept it hmm. um to the point where yeah when he at the at the end of the film when clue and flynn have the argument on the bridge like, I was just fully, like, Clue just felt like a real person hmm. by that point. I was totally invested in him, even though CGI weirdo. But, like, how do you think it compares to bloody Governor, what's his name? 
in Rogue One. Oh. Governor, Governor, Angry Boy. Yeah. Well, obviously, it's not as good. Mm. Yeah. It's like it feels gets like... away with it more, though. I think I really hate that. Yeah. You I think, think it gets the, away the Governor with it more. Tarkin in uh, Rogue One? I think it's atrocious. Mm. <laughs> I think they should have just tried it and been like. No, this is offensive, <laughs> and let's just stop. Let's just put in anyone else because no one cares. Like the majority of people outside of fucking nerds aren't gonna care nerds. that it's Governor Tarkin. So just put in anyone else. Aye, no I, I, it's like it does get away with it more because it's the weird paradox that like Rogue One, like none of it. I don't think I've ever seen a de aging that quite worked. Mm. Like. Yeah, I mean, what's his face? Michael Douglas and Ant Man. Did that work? I can't really remember. It's it so that well. quick that it's not great, but like it's over so quickly that you kind of don't remember the oh Robert Downey Jr. in Civil War. Oh, oh that's bad. They oh, justify. Bad. Disney has cornerstoned the <coughs> like the de aging market. They really want it to work, don't they? they Probably really because because work. then you can just like immortalize. All yeah, your they big can just stars. contract actors to Disney and then use their likeness forever eventually we're not going to need new actors we just need people to play older actors Uh, that would be a weird it's a weird feature like um, it would be the new actors say you became an aspiring actor would be Scott Morrison as Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man yeah it's that whole it's that it's the uncanny valley thing isn't it like Mm. it's harder to connect to what's going on when it's clearly hmm. a CGI man. And the fact that it's a man makes it even more difficult. You know, I mean, the fact that we're, we, our brain knows what a human face should look and move like. Aye. So when we see it trying to be manipulated and created by a computer, it's very hard to get connected. Which is why I kind of appreciate how well Clue works, because I think he's not like a confused villain. But he's one of those bloody classic villains where he really believes what he's doing is Aye. right. You know, he's got to create the perfect system and then he's got to get out there, buddy, cleanse the world of all its shit, make that the perfect system as well. It's like, and you can kind of tell in the interaction they have at the end of the film, young Jeff Bridges, well, Clue and old Jeff Bridges, it's like, seems to be genuine. He's like, I'm doing what's right and you're in my way and not hmm. just like, I want to take over the world of Tron because I'm a bad guy. Like, yeah, I don't know. And even like old... Um, Jeff Bridges at the end of this kind of empathetic of mm. Clue. Yeah, he is. He's really. like, yeah, I, I, when I designed you, I was, I was a bit dim. I was a bit naive. Yeah. Like, um, I understand why you think this is, this is the way about to go. It all. Um, yeah, like uh, it, it, his kind of thing is, yeah, I, like I believed there could be something perfect, but you'll, you don't know what perfect is, like, uh. and. You wiped out a whole bunch of people. It wasn't very which good. Which is not very nice. Genocide is just not cool. Yeah, it's just even in video games, it's Aye. just not cool. <laughs> just, <laughs> I think genocide is where most people draw the line. <laughs> I would agree. Um, what about like? So I think main criticism I think this film gets is that it's a lot of style over substance. Okay. Like the whole film is basically just one big look at all the visual effects, and there's not much to any of the kind of main characters. Hmm. What are your thoughts on that, Danny? Um, yeah, it's a it's true. Then, I think for everyone other than Jeff Bridges, Jeff Bridges gets a bit more fleshed out. Do you think that's because his character is written well, or because Jeff Bridges is able to own it? I said to you when we were watching it, Jeff Jeff Bridges just makes acting look so easy. He makes it look like effortless he's so good in this film aye and he doesn't like I don't even know if that's him giving it his all it's just like a lot of subtlety when he sees his son for the first time there's there's so much emotion like he's not just bawling his eyes out and stuff and then like the the conflict when he when you know he's like oh I got when his son is like I got the page and then you can see he's like I didn't send the page but he kind of just plays along with it and Mm. ah, so much calm it's so good he's so bloody good in this movie (laughs) As a player game of Jeff Bridges for for his recent movies, is he playing 
the old hippie or the yeah. old cowboy? He basically just he... plays the dude in every movie, doesn't he? The hippie or the cowboy? Well, the dude's kind of the hippie, but he also has the cowboy character yeah. recently. He has had that. He's yeah. like he's had since, since especially Rooster since, Cogburn. Um, since True Grit, like even yeah. even in um, uh, Kingsman, the new Kingsman mm. film, he that's right. He's in the new Kingsman movie. Yeah, he looks to be playing the old cowboy. Mm. Uh, and <laughs> R.I.P.D. I didn't see that movie. I have. I've yeah, seen I know it. you have. We should do that. We should do that. <laughs> I don't remember. It means how I have to bad watch it. it now. I don't remember how bad it was. I remember it kind of being. Uh, this is a kind of slight sidetrack. I remember it kind of just being convoluted mythology. Yeah. Like it was. You know, sometimes when you watch a film that's with mythology, which is relevant because this film has a big mythology. Yeah. And you watch it, and the especially ones where it's supposed to be there's a secret world within the the real world. Um, and you're watching all of these contrived reasons why no one's noticed and mm-hmm. R.I.P. I think if I remember right it has been a long time R.I.P.D. has a lot of that where it's like it's all feeling a bit contrived and a yeah. bit this is just a lot just a lot a lot of over un, like unnecessary explaining and world building and stuff mm-hmm. um, but that's R.I.P.D. because um, you say Jeff Bridges is a good a- actor but like what films has he done recently that have been good? Recently? What's he... Oh, he was in Hell or High War. Oh, I've not seen he's that. He's great in that. But that... again, he is kind of... He's playing Rooster Cogburn. He's just playing the cowboy. The, the old yeah. cowboy. <laughs> yeah. But the he's old cowboy or the though. old hippie. He doesn't yeah. play the old hippie as much, even though there was... Um... Uh, Men Who Stare at Goats where yes. it was the ultimate old I hippie. love Men Who Stare at Goats that's as a great, That's there. a great film. Um, this, though, he is, he is kind of playing... Obviously, a more emotional dude but yeah. he's got that same like you know at one point he uses the phrase bio-digital jazz man and I was like <laughs> oh Jeff <laughs> you're too old for this lingo the dude um, is if he was a scientist there's a couple other ones I wrote. he says radical a lot yeah and man he says man, he says man all the time, but like man. there's a way he says man hey, man strange. like even to his son he's like it's good to see you man I'm like come on Jeff <laughs> and he's like I'm gonna go Knock on the clouds, see what see. What, was it knock on the clouds and see what they say back or something? I s- listen to them or something. It's like you're talking about going to get stolen. Yeah, you're just going to get stolen. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it's amazing. Yeah, uh, but as for the other the other characters, are not. Maybe because Jeff Bridges, he's in the original Tron, isn't mm. he? So maybe it's like the, when they wrote the script, they knew they had Jeff Bridges because he was going to be playing the character uh-huh. from Tron. So maybe that's where it comes from. Maybe his. The script is written around his character. And so they know Jeff Bridges. Everyone knows Jeff Bridges. If you asked me to write a Jeff Bridges script right now, I could write something that would sound like Jeff Bridges says because he's so, as you say, he's the dude. He's so distinctive. Um, But maybe everyone else kind of... Maybe the script is, for every other character, a bit weaker because they've less less envisioned. Because the main character, Sam Flynn, is kind of the generic... He's, He's the... He kind of has... Like not, he kind of has a similar uh, origin to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy boy. Chris Pratt. Called? Chris Pratt's character in Guardians of the Galaxy. What's he fucking called? Star Lord. Star Lord. What was his name though? It's annoying me. Peter Quinn. Quill. Quill. Yeah. He kind of has a similar like. Obviously, it's, Jeff Bridges doesn't die, but he has a kind of similar thing of a parent suddenly is out of their life yeah and they're left with the grandparents and they get really angry and they run off in a in he's a bit of a rebel yeah and so obviously we're like obviously this character lacks the humour and stuff of Peter Quill but even his um, introduction is not far off of Peter Quill's introduction pretty cool yeah he like, runs Pete, off in a huff with his because he's like my dad's gotta come pick me up yeah and then he then he's next, next time he's seen breaking in to retrieve something mm. um so like yeah, like when Peter Quill breaks in to get the stone and he breaks in. He hack. He breaks into his own company. Mm. Apologize. He breaks okay. into his uh, own company to steal a program so he can give it away for free. Um. So I was just curious as to who wrote the film because we were obviously talking about. Um. We we're talking about the the writing it was Adam Horowitz and Edward Kitsis. Um. And I'm trying to find out what the. What they wrote. Incidentally, the movie came out in 2010. 2010. Really? Yeah. So, savvy movie. Yeah. Which is not. It's not super old. No, that's really recent. Yeah. Um, okay, let's find out. So, Edward Kittis. 
I'm just curious. I'm curious as to what their other writing credits are. Okay, so he was a producer on a lot of TV. Right. Lost. Okay. Uh, Once Upon a Time in whatever that show is about. Uh, yeah, he apparently just writes lots of TV. One Tree Hill. Yeah. So that's one of them. So a lot of TV. Hmm. Does that come across, do you think? I don't think so. Because then that would have better characterization. Yeah, this other guy's the same. It's a lot lost and stuff like that. Hmm. The, th- the thing is, the mythology of this world is um, laid out quite well. And I'm not sure if that's because the original Tron already wrote the book on the mythology. Yeah. So maybe all they had to do was just fit characters. If, if all hmm. they had to do was put characters into this mythology, they didn't write the greatest script. Yeah. Um, because the characters are kind of generic. They're especially... Um, What's her name? Quora? Is that the yes, woman's the, name? The Quora, Quora yeah. is the program that... It's played by Olivia... What, Wild? Is it no. Wild? No. no. <laughs> someone else entirely, aren't they? So much Googling. So much Googling. On the podcast, there's lots of... Go- yeah, it's Olivia Wild. Oh, yeah! <laughs> we didn't actually have to Google it, but we Googled it anyway. So what does that say about my insecurities? That was the So Much Googling song. <laughs> from Second Opinion. Hey, record producers. <laughs> Technically on iTunes right now. Technically on... <laughs> we'll put it on Spotify. Um, yeah, Quora. Sorry, you were saying about Quora. Yes, um, she's got potential to be an interesting character. Um, it's kind of done before, but the naivety sort of, what's the real world like sort of thing. Yeah, she has the joke about with uh, Jules Verne. It's like, do you know Jules Verne? And he's like, yeah, sure. And she's like, oh, what's he like? Like, oh, bloody <laughs> Disney. Oh. You're getting us your, your bloody quips. <laughs> Um, not as bad as uh, last last episode where it was a hot dog and you savages oh, where they left the four second gap oh dark tower I'm still bitter <laughs> still bitter about that boy um, so she's got the naiveties and because um, she starts off you think that she's going to be a generic badass woman especially mm. that sort of period of uh, like a, like a trinity from the matrix kind of yeah, that's the vibe you get first and then she kind of has this naivety that's kind of that uh, you could play with a bit more that's fun and they do a bit she asks about what's the sun like yeah um, which is I think that's quite a nice scene it's a nice scene I think that's maybe what it is with her that the, the like the thing about her character is that you can see there's potential yeah there's more potential than they've actually gone mm. with there's actually stuff she can you can do with her that would be interesting mm. but they've not like they've not spent too long on her because uh, the main character, Sam Flynn, as, as you say, is kind of your generic... He's kind of your generic rebelling bad boy with a, a heart of gold kind of... They almost set him up like fucking Batman in the opening of this film. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. He's like the rich boy who's rebelling against his own company that he doesn't run uh, by going in and playing crazy pranks on them. And then... But he... Oh, that fit when he jumps off the tower. Because that's nonsense. Batman. That's Batman. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, he's literally standing on the edge of the building, on the edge of the building as he can be. And you have that shot. Swirls yeah. around. Yeah. Got a helicopter shot of it going right the way around. And, and then he falls off above backwards. this city. And then he opens up this parachute, like, about two feet before he hits the ground. And the parachute immediately, like, grinds him to a halt. I was like... That's Trump. how physics works. <laughs> Again, it's one of those things where you're like, look... You can't, you can't, you know, we're talking about a movie about a guy who goes into a video game and stuff, but it's like that happens. I'm like, you're losing me, Tron. You're losing <laughs> me. Bring me back. This is getting nonsense. The nonsense gone. We're only twenty minutes, two minutes in. Um, but um, the uh, the character himself is kind of you've seen him before. You've that's the problem with his character. You've definitely seen him before. He doesn't. The actor isn't able to not blaming the actor, but he's not able to bring anything new to the character. Yeah. There's nothing written for the character that's particularly interesting. He's a guy with daddy issues, you've seen that. He rebelling against the company, you've seen that. Like, um there is there's nothing really yeah. for him to do. He's also a really passive character. He goes to see once he goes to see Tron, he doesn't he doesn't make a decision for a very long time mm. after that. He's just kind of forced around. into things. Yeah. Uh, he's forced. He's arrested. He's forced into the games, which we'll obviously get to in a bit. Yeah. Uh, he's forced into the games. He's forced into the next game. He's then um, taken by Cora. Uh, I can't remember her Quora. name. Cora and taken over to her, um, his dad. So like he ends up being a passive character for yeah. the first half of the film. Uh, it's only when he gets to his dad that he decides to make a decision mm. to go do something. Um, it is interesting how they almost leave the plot for a little while just to be like 
look, we got we got to give the people the the motorbike chase, Aye. but we can't think of a way to actually put that into the plot. So let's just for the first fifteen minutes or so, let's just have him play some games, and then we'll get on with the plot again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, forget about that. That's that's only in the first half of the film. Mm. Like the actual games part is the first part of the very film. small part of it. Yeah, aye, because you'd think like when they introduce it, you'd think that'd be a big part of it. It'd be like if the the first Hunger Games, the Hunger Games was only the first part of the yeah. film. It'd be really bizarre. It'd be like it's kind of it's very specific yeah. distraction. Then he gets out of it because it's like he he's a, a person who is just thrown into this world. Mm. Like he has no idea what the hell's going on. He like this is mental miracle to him, and he's able to win the game. Yeah, <laughs> so, crazy, isn't and it? that's not really a big thing. Playing against like all these ni- crazy ninjas and. <laughs> Like pro motorcycle drivers need to he just wins. <laughs> he just wins and now on to the next thing. Not yeah. he wins and oh wow, and maybe maybe because he's a user, he has more initiative. Maybe no. he's he's not he's no, it's just when he must won the game, man. He yeah. just won it. He he figured out that you had to throw the disc at the other guy and then mastered it within yeah. a, within five seconds of learning what the game was. Um but obviously I guess you know, that people do have a point. This film is like even saying that they kind of pause the plot for a while to have him race around on the famous motorbikes because that's what we're all there to see. Hmm. So it's definitely it's a visual movie. It's almost like a show offy movie. Ah. It's like look what we can do with like think about the original Tron. Like look what we can fucking do now and how much isn't this better, everyone? Aren't you all enjoying this much more? <laughs> uh, I love the look of this movie. It looks um, looks great. There's as much as it's bizarre it's almost got this um, paradox to it where you've seen stuff like this before many many times but like um, there's nothing that quite looks like Tron Legacy yeah. so it's mental it's backwards uh-huh. um, like you you see all these neon lights but Tron like is able because of its premise to fully embrace it mm-hmm. in a way that most things aren't able to so it's um, it looks yeah it looks beautiful it looks yeah, brilliant yeah it looks amazing the IMAX is stunning like this is definitely a film if you're wanting to show off your home cinema system. Like this is a good, this yeah. is a pretty good place good to choice. start. Is Chuck Tron Legacy on? Um, I think even just some of the visual things with the the jumping and then the motorbike forms around them hmm. and things like that when they slow it down looks outstanding. Aye. Like it's so seamless. Um, yeah, just the whole kind of just how it all just looks like one big blank grid hmm. that they have just built stuff from the ground up on. It's kind of—it's really interesting. That's like fascinating. Like every you get, you almost weirdly get the sense the world's flat. Yeah, like it's not on. Because you see them sphere. in here, like the place where Jeff Bridges goes to make Clue. It's just a big grid. It's like there's nothing else ah. to it. It's just he raises them up from the ground, basically, hmm. because that's what that place is. It's just, it's just computer. It's, ah. You know what I mean? So of course For, there'd be these big empty space, like empty spaces. Again, something that's been done. A, lot is the virtual reality thing mm. and um it it's it feels unique even even as i'm watching it for the first time in 2017 still feels quite unique the world they built it yeah. feel, feels like a virtual reality you can get behind it like um it, it does very feel computery yeah. but not in a not in a dated way like something like hackers mm-hmm. um which is really dated. very very dated but it's a good i mean this manages to take like pretty much all a lot of the designs are just from the original movie mm. and they've just well even Tron make looks look, dated yeah like um, just in comparison but they've managed to make this look quite timeless maybe I'm wrong maybe in 20 years yeah we'll, we'll look, look back and be like, like oh because well, it could be I mean I guess some people you could come from the opposite and people could say that it is bland because of the the fact that it is kind of just a flat space and stuff but I guess it depends what way you look at it hmm well I don't know I feel, I feel like it works within the premise of the film uh-huh that's kind of the thing that works so much about Tron Legacy even when we're talking about the de-aging everything works within the premise of the yeah. film yeah 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 absolutely who's Tron Legacy oh you kept bloody asking this it was so fucking annoying <laughs> Tron Le- I don't know Tron Legacy is all of us Danny we are all Tron Legacy I get that nah it's probably you it sounds like you've been you know talking to the sky you know <laughs> just a man the dude abides I'm on my third cup of coffee of the day, so I'm a, I'm a certain kind of high. Caffeine high. <laughs> um, um, it's maybe a more confusing thing if you've not watched the first one. Mm. I'm familiar with Tron being a character, but he's only he's as a character, he's very minorly in this. Yeah, and his 
arc is very is a very convoluted one. First well, of not all, convoluted. It's just so. It's such a nothing. It's arc. such a subplot. Mm-hmm. It's like a sub subplot. It's also confusing because Tron's made to look like every other person yeah. in this universe. Yeah. Why don't they? Because they show that they've got a CGI version of the actor who played mm. Tron in the background in one scene but then they're they're rocking it with Jeff Bridges so like why not just have it with this guy I, yeah I get what you mean but like I just they, they must have not wanted to or something yeah. that, they, that they make Tron look like everyone else so I feel like if you've not seen Tron you're first of all probably going to be confused why this is called Tron Legacy Yeah, because the character of Tron is so minor but then it's almost like I feel like if you haven't seen the first Tron you wouldn't even know that Tron is a character yeah, you would just assume that. Tron well, like you is would the name in this film because yeah. they talk about Tron. Yeah, but like you would wonder why he's such the focus mm. of anything. But he he's so not the focus of anything. He's no. just he's like a subvillain. He's like a henchman to Clue for the whole movie, and then out of nowhere, completely out of nowhere, <laughs> when they're fighting, they're trying to shoot down Jeff Bridges' plane, and suddenly he has a little flash of Wait, Jeff Tron. Bridges being like. I'm trying legacy. Help man. me, man! I'm dying, and he's like, "Get out of here!" And he's like, and then he goes, "I fight for the users," and then crashes his plane into Clue's plane, and he's redeemed. Yeah, and it's like, well, that came out of nowhere with no interaction or anything. <laughs> it's a straight, it's a bizarre thing, I guess, because they have to call it Tron to I tie it with the original, yeah. but they they just didn't want to make it about Tron, mm-hmm. which seems it just seems really bizarre. I just keep him as a villain. Oh, fuck redeeming him. Not everybody's got to be redeemed. Just don't be a bad guy. <laughs> so the Tron's legacy's bad. His legacy's a bad I'm guy. Bad boy. He's a bad guy. Michael Sheen's in this movie. He is. Do you like him? I was fun. He's in doing this. like a weird. He's very. He's enjoying himself. He's definitely having a good time. Yeah. I. I don't know. It's odd. It almost shouldn't. Like, why is this particular character such an eccentric compared to everyone else in this mm. world? Because surely he's made from the same code as everybody else. So yeah. Where's he getting off jumping around like fucking some kind of Willy David Wonka. Bowie or like Willy Wonka or something? Yeah, it's very strange. I don't know. I mean, he's having fun. He's having fun. It's a nice break from all the seriousness, I guess. Mm. To just like when he gets Jeff Bridges' disc. Incidentally, they all have discs in this movie, and if you get the disc, then they're like all their memories and stuff. Yeah. yeah, like a hard drive. Yeah, he gets Jeff Bridges one. And he's like dancing around all over the place and weird sidetrack by the way when I was on my way here there was a guy walking down out next to St Enoch listening to the headphones and properly dancing just by himself just properly like I might have seen him geeing it loudly and I was like he's having a good day I feel like I've seen him before I feel like I've seen a guy who did it was exactly like yeah, that yeah he, he was like head- spinning around and like waving his hand up in the air mm-hmm. like he was doing a lasso he kept doing that over and over again it was very very strange that's very strange but I was like hey man you do you I'm yeah. just gonna keep walking quietly he's the Michael Sheen of love life yeah I was listening to quite depressing music so I was like I feel like I'm not gonna get on your level <laughs> um <laughs> sidetracked sidetracked <laughs> um what were we talking about the what songs do you reckon he was listening to oh I don't know do you think maybe he was listening to the Daft Punk Tron soundtrack segue mate bloody look at that hey we got it back sidetracked the opposite way Daft Punk soundtrack is pretty fucking stunning it is it's that's probably the that was probably the best thing to come out of this movie was just a whole slew of new Daft Punk music like and they're in it and they're in it for a very brief moment yeah but they're in it but you like I I think if um, it's amazing because like Daft Punk like the the iconography they use and everything if you didn't know who they were you you would have no idea yeah 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 you would not miss them because they look like all the they look like else. all the soldiers in Tron, yeah. <laughs> so uh, they fit in so perfectly in this Tron world. Yeah. Uh, maybe they, they, were they influenced by Tron to begin with? Maybe the original? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe we should look that. That, that, that <laughs> probably seems feasible. That's probably why they would fit so um, yeah. seamlessly in um, the Tron world. But it's just amazing, like, these um, this eccentric look they have is just, like, perfect. Fits right in the background. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, it's so bizarre. But um, what I think is funny is when the soldiers come in and start murdering people and the Daft Punk guys look at each other and then just start playing a more upbeat track. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> show a bit of fucking, you know, concern. Or maybe for your own lives. Because <laughs> Michael Sheen dies also. So, he does die. Yeah. He, he gets, gets blown, blown up, up and he gets a lot of time to get out of there. 
Yeah. Like, I don't know why he doesn't run, but... Ah, he's dead now. He's dead. They were going to make a sequel to this. Were they? Yeah. Okay. And it doesn't appear to be happening. Mm, this didn't... Do you know who was going to be the villain in the sequel? All right. Go on. Think about a major actor that was in the film that never came up outside of one scene. This film? Yeah. Tron Legacy. A huge actor is in it for one scene. Can I give you another few seconds? Because this is bad audio. Another few seconds. I can't remember. Another few seconds. Killian Murphy. Oh! Killian Murphy's in this movie. So he is. Yeah, he's in the boardroom at the beginning. They apparently had him in it because they were going to set him up as the villain for the sequel. Okay. Um, but I guess that's not happening anymore. No. Him what? and his trendy haircut. Do you see how trendy that boy is in that yeah. movie? Yeah. With his bloody waistcoat. I forgot he's his... in it. Yeah. That's so bizarre. I, um, I guess I never, it never clicked how bizarre. It never clicked that he doesn't come back. Yeah, like, I guess, guess I figured at the time he was going to be a character who yeah. came up again. But like they like when he goes when uh, Sam goes into the um, Tron world, mm-hmm. he doesn't come out till the very very end of the film. Yeah, none, none of it, none of the rest of the film even remotely takes place outside of it. Mm-hmm. It's all just inside, um, inside Tron world. So yeah, I never really thought about that. Strange, isn't it? Yeah, but I guess yeah. I don't think I think if if, if we're gonna get a sequel to it, I don't think it will involve. Killian Murphy. No. Or even, I mean, it, they might get Olivia Wilde and stuff back, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't like, know. I don't think. I don't. I think it would be straight from the start. I think they would wouldn't even bring Jeff Bridges back. Mm. Well, I mean, Jeff Bridges is dead in the movie, so yeah. But then it's Tron. They can yeah, do it's Tron. You could just be another. And I think as well, the actor. I'm, well, I guess the actor who plays Sam, he has kind of tended to lean towards more. Kind of not serious filmmaking but like you know he was in things like Inside Llewellyn Davis Mm. and he was in On the Road it's like more uh, indie but at the same time he was also Captain Hook in Pan so take from that what you will (sighs) name's James T. Hook is it I hate this movie (laughs) oh no like a a really bad knockoff of Indiana Jones I would say we should do Pan on this show but I never want to see that film again should we just do it from memory? Because it made me so angry. <laughs> Should we just read a Wikipedia summary and pretty try and remember it? I remember I came close to walking out of that because that was when we were really busy with fourth year. Yeah. And we, we went to see that as like a stress reliever and came out angry that we'd wait, just spent two hours of our life. And there was like a bunch of us that went to see that movie that night and we every one of us just came out fuming. <laughs> like, I don't think I've been that It was that directed by, what was his name? It was... Um... Yeah, it was, so, it was somebody bloody... Big and relevant. Wasn't it was it? the guy who did uh, the Hannah film. Yes, that's right. It was the director of Hannah, which is one of my favorite movies. So I, that was why I wanted to see it, was because I was excited about the fact that he directed it. Has he got another film? He must do, surely. Pan didn't sink. Him, Joe did Wright. Has yeah, has Joe, Joe Wright. Joe Wright. Yeah, has Joe Wright done another movie? Sure, hope Pan hasn't sunk. He him. did Anna Karina. His political drama about Winston Churchill, Darkest Hour, will be released in 2017. Oh, that's him, is it? So there we go. Oh, there you go. At least so he's doing the one with... This Churchill movie's the one with Gary Oldman as yeah. Winston Churchill, as opposed to the one we just had with Brian Cox as Winston Churchill. Yeah. Winston Churchill's making a comeback, isn't he? He was in The Crown as well. He's making a comeback. He's on the five pound note. <laughs> I mean, he had that stint and I'm a celebrity, get me out. Yeah. Sort of revitalised his career. Um, yeah, well, they had to bring him back somehow. I um, can't remember what the original point was. Uh, oh, incidentally, so the director of this movie, Joseph Krasinski, I think his name is, mm. is apparently linked to the next, the Top Gun sequel. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. So that's something. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's certainly a it's thing. A, <laughs> yeah, it's a connection. Who knows? I mean, based on Tron, do you reckon you could do Top Gun? They do have. I mean, it's got about as little characterization as Top Gun had, in my opinion. So, <laughs> oh, help Michael Bay. I think he can make it work. Yeah, fuck Top Gun. <laughs> so, ah, oh, so lame. <laughs> um, Just a bunch of people being sad for like the second hour of the movie. 
I don't know why people, we've already talked about Tron, Top Gun. If you want to hear my Top Gun review, go watch the Top Gun review. <laughs> I'm not yeah, a fan. Uh, you play a lot of music. I do play a lot of music. That was a fun episode. I think that's my favorite one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know what else I have to say on Tron. I really thought I was going to come into it, but I don't know. I was a younger man back then. Yeah, I was about. I would have been eighteen. It was eight years when ago. I was loving this movie. Like, you know, hmm. seventeen, eighteen. That was when I was really into this. There is um. Nope, I didn't have a point. Good. <laughs> so that was set. <laughs> um. Well, I guess the sequel is like, well, if you want, if a sequel was going to happen, what would you want to see? That's the thing. I don't know. I feel like. Because what more do you like? The motorcycle racing is what you want out of Tron. But they're not going to top that. They're not like, like top visually. That. They could. Not... They can certainly. I'm sure they certainly could top it. But. It's like, well, why bother? Like, we, we, we have it. Like, there's no need for it. So I don't know what the next movie would be about. Because, and also the Je- Jeff Bridges character, who is the one I was interested in, is gone. So, like, everything I, I kind of gave a shit about will be gone. So maybe just start a new Yeah. Thread. Find out that there's other games that they play. Maybe Squash. Maybe they have a game of Squash, maybe. Pac-Man. Pac- well, that's already a video game. Badminton. Tron pong. badminton it's pong I guess <laughs> but a bit more flimsy badminton's a lot more flimsy than tennis uh, you have to be quite as vigorous with, with badminton expert over here what are we talking about <laughs> <laughs> this one's like not yeah, so anyway. it's kind of one of those things I guess they would start a new I mean Tron you could do loads of things with because it's like the world yeah just the world of it um, even well, with a new set of characters which I think you'd have to by now like mm. I don't like who you would if you'd want an actor to sell um this film like who who would you're not gonna get yeah any of these guys back um Jeff Bridges' character as you said is dead so I guess starting fresh with new characters would make but sense but again it's like what do you do though I know that yeah. we're we're obviously we're not being super creative about this right now we're being quite passive but it's like I'm sure they could come up with something hmm but yeah it's like <sighs> you'd have to end, you'd probably end up going down the route of another person finds the Tron game but this person has no personal connection and is kind of just thrown in maybe in the ruins of Clue yeah maybe that would be cool like post-apocalyptic Tron Mm, that would be cool actually there we go we just did it yeah there we go give us a call alright Disney (laughs) give us a call Disney Disney Disney. (laughs) they're they're done with us nah the in terms of character like characterization just to come back to that really quick just because I'm looking at my notes uh, the the whole conversations all the conversations that they have on the train where you know he, talk, he talks it's Jeff Bridges' son Flip, Flip, Sam Flynn talks to his dad and they have kind of a heart to heart I feel like that should have come earlier mm. because it does seem like you do get a real sense of the kind of struggle that Sam Flynn and the dad have had being apart I feel like if that came sooner I might have gave more of a shit. Yeah. I feel like they're... I know there's reasons and stuff, but like their first encounter feels quite cold. It's very cold. Well, like, yeah, which I guess, like you said, there are reasons for that. But... Yeah. I guess it's because Jeff Bridges... Well, the dad is aware that, you know, Sam is here because of a trap and they're in a lot of danger. And they're just... Where'd they get that pig? <laughs> they're having dinner. They're having dinner, and they have a pig, a full pig. Where did they get the pig? Where did they get water? None of it makes sense. Oh, you're gonna go into like if you go into the specifics of the mythology, it's very. Look, I'm not gonna get into the minutia, but all I'm saying is like, where'd the pig come from? Just any kind of explanation of that. Like, does he imagine the pig, and then the pig is there? Because as the creator of Tron, he doesn't have much power over like he, he's not really shown creating anything no like, he's got a nice wee house that's laid out pretty cool aye overlooks Trendy. the city that is crumbling apart from an evil dictatorship hmm um yeah I don't know it just, just it was just something that stood but out then, and it's did, never stood out before like did he uh, create his house I guess he must have he must have yeah surely he didn't find the house in the middle of the but if he has the ability to create things especially out of nothing like he creates you show the flashback of him creating Clue and he creates him out of nothing 
Um, is he able to do that? Is that superpower? But then Clue obviously is a computer-generated program, and you know, um, like the house can be a computer-generated program. But he is a human <laughs> being that needs to eat food. Yeah, you can't grow sustenance from a computer. You know what I mean? Mm. But then again, you can't. The cow is the computer able to produce matter. Like at the end, Olivia Wilde gets out and she's a human being. But how can the computer create? like new matter like mm-hmm. where does where, like you can't like you physically can't create matter that's impossible you yeah. reset everything's recycled so where does that come from but then if you were to think of the whole physical thing of like um how does she became become real life atoms mm. or is tron filled with matter because i guess it kind of has to be because then when where does sam and jeff bridges go when they go into the computer like their matter yeah. can't just disappear off into the face, the computer, like yeah. off into a computer. It does that like literally makes no sense. It can't just disappear. So you'd think like it's in the computer somewhere, hmm. but creating matter. Is it like is everything in it matter? Is Clue even made up of atoms? So it's more feasible they can exit because if that whole they, he produces an army to go out into the yeah. real world. If they all came out, that's a that's a lot of like just atoms uh, it, it, that come know, from yeah. nowhere. Unless like there's some like almost Tron world is like its own dimension within yeah. the computer where atoms do exist. Hmm. I think if we were asked the writers, they'd probably tell us. Yeah, I think they know that it doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter 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 doesn't matter matter good we done good we done good Hasselhoff no that's that would be the answer to your like where does he get food from yeah I don't know but that's it's you know that's because it's also it's nitpicking but it's just odd it's just it stood out to me so much this I think it also stands out because it's one of the only things with like a complex texture yeah whereas everything else is smooth even the skins of the other programs are smooth Smooth. Um, but like the pig is actually it looks like a pig and it looks edible and looks like a real life thing yeah I don't know it's weird I guess they just didn't care no they're just like oh, I'll have them having a fancy dinner because it's a fancy house <laughs> but it doesn't make sense he's in hiding and he's in a computer <sighs> Disney, well, Disney's cash in the checks boy Let's if he this is done. this is like a, a re- probably a really boring scientific yeah. <laughs> analysis of Tron Legacy a film that not even many people still care about but like <laughs> I care He he's he's a, like if Jeff Bridges must be some sort of collection of atoms and matter because mm-hmm. he deteriorates but it's also confusing because he deteriorates at a faster rate than he would in real life because inside Tron world like hour, a minute on the outside world is like hours on the inside world mm-hmm. so like that's why Jeff Bridges is so dramatically older when you see him yeah so drop a pen I'm sorry dropped his pen oops uh, so like maybe like if he was just a virtual representation of his own body, then he wouldn't deteriorate, surely. Like like Clue. Clue doesn't yeah. age. Because he's just a computer. computer yeah. But that means that... It's so if Clue's bizarre, just a computer, right? If Clue's a computer, how would he escape? Because he can't be matter. He can't be a physical thing. But then obviously they can. Because Olivia because Well she escapes. a physical character. But does yeah. she, she must now deteriorate. If she's been say like maybe maybe what happens is that the Tron arcade has a three D printer mm. that produces someone. First of all, where's it? Where's that three D printer getting the matter to produce Olivia Wilde? But like that must mean on the outside, in the inside, Olivia Wilde and um, Clue are all digital representations that can't deteriorate, and then turn into physical representations that can deteriorate. Surely. Because then you'd be breaking all sorts of laws of physics if Olivia Wilde came out and she was never aged. Yeah. But that means none of, like, Tron is, like, physical stuff. So, again, where does the pig come from? Unless he's important pig through the portals, which he can't because the 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 portal's closed. (laughs) closed. It can only be opened from the outside. So where is he getting his physical substance? I think think this is the first time ever where we should (laughs) write an email. 
Yeah. We should get the writer's email and be like, look, we just have a few questions <laughs> about the pig in Tron Legacy. Yeah. I reckon we should reach out. Let's do it. Let's reach out. Yeah. Get hold yeah. of his email. We'll launch this episode and then we'll start actively reaching out and then see if we can get something back. Twitter, <laughs> they must have Twitter. Yeah, let's tweet them. Tweet them. Private messaging them. Where we'll does the pig come email. from in Tron, Le- Tron yeah. Legacy? Where please does the explain, roasted pig come from? Please Tron explain Legacy? it. Right, uh, I see. Do I have my phone? Do you think, should I do it live? No, because then we have to hunt down their email and stuff. No, Twitter. Oh, Twitter? Hang on. Danny's away again. This is. I can't believe I have to do this bit twice in one show. He's You know, this isn't the first time that he's he's ran off to get his foot. Oh no, he's back. Um. Twitter, carry on. This is good audio. What would you want me to say? <laughs> What's the name of the writer again? Oh, Danny. This is not good audio. Sorry, everyone that's listening. Um, maybe, maybe we'll just play some elevator music here. Some lift music. <laughs> that's what I'll do. I'm gonna play some well, we'll lift edit music. We'll edit this out then. No, no, no. It's staying in. Oh, Danny. is it staying in? Yeah, this is quality. Right. Content. Okay. I've got Twitter. Second opinion. Twitter. Uh, that's second with a two. This is a good because we'll end the show as we're doing this. This is good. This is this is. Uh, um, Tron Le- Legacy. Tron, Le- Tron Legacy. The famous actor. <laughs> uh, it was written by... Ba, 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 at, try Adam Horowitz. See if he comes up. Adam... How do you spell Horowitz? H-O-R-O-W-I-T-Z. H-O-R-O-W-I-T-Z. Dyslexia. Yeah. At Adam uh, Horowitz. Horowitz L.A. That must be him. I'm a writer and producer and director and love the Yankees. Check if he loves the Yankees. He on bloody probably loves the Yankees, mate. Let me tell you something about uh, is him. It, just, Let's see, personal Have you life. got, like, can you Google No, I'm Imogen? getting to his personal life. Hang on. No, he doesn't have a personal life up. No, can you Google Imogen so we can... I've got an image of him here. Yeah, he's there. Yeah, so that's him. Yeah, that's him, right? right Tweet okay. <laughs> okay, um, well, him. Okay. That's our following. Right. While Danny's doing that, um, you can get in touch with... Sec- Tron was fine. Well, you can get in touch with us um, at Second Opinion Pod. That's second with a two, and that's on Twitter and Facebook. Is that on Facebook as well, Danny? Uh, yes. Yes. It's at Second Opinion Pod with a two. Yeah, you can get us on there. Uh, we don't have any new video content out, but we're hoping to have something real soon. We got a good idea in the bank that we're going to put out, which should be a lot of fun to make. Um. I'm still the the I think around the time this will be coming out, the second episode of my other pod well, the new episode of my other podcast, Phobophobia, should be coming out. We did a zip slide across the cloud. Oh, so you did? Plug in. Oh, I was so, about to ask how was that? But no, I'm not gonna ask that here just because wait. we're gonna we're gonna find out on episode I watched, three. I watched the first ep- um I listened to it right Two. Episode two, sorry. I listened what I'm talking about. <laughs> I listened to the first episode of Phobophobia and I highly recommend it. I thought it was a really, really interesting premise. I think it's um, I think it's an original premise that I'd be quite intrigued to see all the different weeks. Um, I'd, I'd recommend it highly. You heard it here first, folks. Are you going to get me on it? Yes. Our okay. plan is we're going to get you on Phobophobia and get Leona on Second Opinion at some point. Oh, yeah, of course That'd you would be good fun. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder what, what challenge, I were, what, what fear would I have to face? I've got anxiety, but not, I'm not not crippling, not to the extent I used. To, I've done like, yeah, um, some stuff that I'm afraid of. Well, we can on. think of something because some of it is pretty simple. Like Le- I can't believe we're talking about my other show on this podcast. No, we'll plug like, it, plug it. Leona, like something as simple as <clears throat> going to eat at a restaurant by her by, by herself, freaks her out. So she wants to try something like that. So not everyone is going to be like, we're jumping out of a plane. It's going to be things like. Go to eat at a restaurant by yourself, talking about how that makes you feel. Uh, I'm not super fussed about that. I'm actually quite excited to go have a night where I could just eat by myself. <laughs> I listen to a podcast, I don't have to force conversation with anyone. Not that I have to force conversation, but I don't have to make conversation with anyone. I can just enjoy my meal, listen to my podcast. But that'll be the interesting part of those episodes, is that you'll be able to compare how, how you, you were feeling, able yeah. to naturally do it to how um leona uh, would struggle with that yeah right so how's adam horowitz doing tell me talk me through it at adam horowitz la where did jeff bridges get the roasted pig and tron legacy that's right. good right we'll right. start with that have you got a, a little hashtag hashtag 
oh, what, what hashtag have we come up we need to start a hashtag trend what's the hashtag hashtag what's the matter because the matter thing doesn't matter no hashtag <laughs> pig matter pig matters the pig matters hashtag the pig matters get that up there the pig matter yeah no the pig matters hashtag at Adam Horowitz where did Jeff Bridges get the roasted pig in Tron Legacy hashtag the pig matters tweet it <laughs> and we're off we're officially starting a dialogue yes um I think that's a good place to call it a day yes there you go ladies and gentlemen that was second opinion that was Tron Legacy I've been Scott Morrison I've been Danny Jones we'll continue to be those people I was about to say for that, the time being <laughs> yeah, yeah and until next time adieu eat your JK M&M's eat your JK buddy I got it wrong last week <laughs> eat your JK Simmons we're not setting this again <laughs> hashtag the big Myers hashtag the big Myers.